Well, church, let me invite you to hear our theme passage of Scripture again for this Growing Together campaign. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. Scriptures read this way. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. So church, as uh, we gather, as we give, as we grow, may it be God whom we praise. Uh, may we long to exalt his name and hear from him and be led by him uh, and glorify his name uh, in the years to come as a local body of believers. May it be uh, his name that is on uh, our lips Uh, May he be the object and the subject of our praise. And that's what our our text for this morning is about. It comes from Hebrews chapter 13, uh, verse 15. So let me encourage you to to turn there together as we hear from the Lord. And as you're turning there, I want to read from Psalm 105, where we are instructed to praise the name of God. Hear the words uh, of the Lord. Psalm 105, give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him, sing praise to him, tell of all his wonderful acts, glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. The Psalms were written certainly uh, as expressions of prayer and praise uh, from the lives of God's people. Uh, Each of them penned, no doubt, out of a particular circumstance, but we don't know much about the circumstances of many uh, of the Psalms. And I think that's intentional because it allows us to readily transfer their message and their tone to our lives as God's people today. But originally they were written from the context of the temple uh, system, the priestly and sacrificial system. And we know that the scriptures declare that uh, that system has ultimately been fulfilled in Jesus Christ, that it points uh, to Jesus Christ. We know that according to God's word, we have uh, a greater sacrifice. We're called to uh, worship God through Jesus in light of his sacrifice. We know that we have a once and for all sacrifice that atones for our sins forever and that we as believers in Jesus together are called to be a temple in which God dwells by His Spirit. The author of Hebrews makes a really big deal out of this truth. He doesn't want us to miss that Jesus is uh, the great high priest, that He is the one who pleads our case before God, and He is the ultimate sacrifice, the one who gave His life on the altar of the cross for our sins. And so may that sacrifice, the sacrifice of Jesus on the altar of the cross, inform our praise for God. The author of Hebrews instructs us to that end. So let's look at this letter together. Hebrews chapter 13. Let me uh, invite you to join me standing for the reading uh, of God's word. Focusing in on just one key verse today, Hebrews 13, verse 15, God's word reads this way. The author of Hebrews encourages us through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. Let's bow in prayer. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for Jesus, your son, our savior. We thank you for the privilege and opportunity to Lift our our voices 
to use our words to offer a sacrifice of praise to you. Lord, may the reading and the preaching of your word now be glorifying to you. May it be a sacrifice of praise. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Church, you may be seated. I know we have a number of uh, football fans that are celebrating today. Uh, Not everyone, but uh, chances are the majority in this room are certainly uh, celebrating today. Uh, Some of you went to games yesterday. Uh, Have you ever been to a game, football or otherwise, or a concert, shown up at the game and then realized uh, that you didn't have your ticket? As you forgot your ticket, that you left your ticket somewhere. I, I dare say there's probably a few in here, maybe more than a few, that have done that at some point uh, in your life. But what a sinking feeling. Uh, I want you to know, I, when I think I've got something important on me, and, and particularly if I'm in, somewhere outside my, my uh, normal comfort zone, I'm a pocket checker. Uh, I'm constantly, if I'm uh, from, from the check-in counter to the departure gate, I, I'm checking. I want to know that I've got my ID and my boarding pass because if I get to that gate and I don't have it, I'm not getting on the plane, right? But when it comes to entering into the presence of the Almighty God, when it comes to, to getting Him, the enjoyment of Him, eternity with Him, when it comes to enjoying what He has made us for Jesus is the only way. Faith in Jesus is the ticket. Faith in Jesus is the ticket for through Jesus, our worship pleases God. Church, according to the scriptures, according to to Hebrews chapter 13, verse uh, 15, and elsewhere in God's word, through Jesus, our worship pleases God. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. So to worship God through Jesus is to recognize uh, Jesus' priestly mediation on our behalf. That he is uh, the mediator between us and God. That he is the one that has opened the door into the incomparable presence of God and allows us to be in right relationship with God both now uh, and forevermore. Earlier in this letter in Hebrews chapter uh, for the author of this letter calls upon believers to uh, to come before uh, God's throne of grace with confidence. Come before his, his throne of grace with confidence, knowing that we will receive mercy and find grace. Chapter 4, verse 16. Because of what Jesus has done for us. Because he is the one through whom we are acceptable to God, because He is the one that opens the door into the presence of God, we can approach God through the sacrifice of Christ, knowing that God loves us and accepts us and forgives us and welcomes us. Paul stated this truth in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5. He's writing to Timothy and instructing him in the faith, and he writes these words. He says, For there is one God... And one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. It says, this has now been witnessed to at the proper time. And for this purpose, I was appointed a herald and an apostle. I am telling the truth. I am not lying and a true and faithful teacher of the Gentiles. You see, there's one mediator between God and mankind, and he is Jesus. Jesus has done it. Jesus has accomplished it. Jesus has opened the door. Jesus has paved the way 
Jesus allows us to be forgiven and right with God forever and ever. Thankfully, our position before God, our status before God, is not dependent upon our efforts or our accomplishments, but it rests squarely on the perfect sacrifice of the perfect Son of God. Jesus has done it for us. Church, this is good news. This is gospel news. This is news to rejoice over. This is uh, news to proclaim. This is news that uh, deserves a herald, a messenger, an announcer. This is why Paul says that uh, for this reason I was appointed a herald, an apostle, a messenger of, of this truth. And so for the people of God, for those who've been saved by the grace of God, for those who've repented and turned to Jesus, the admonition of Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15, to uh, continually offer up a sacrifice of praise is not a burden. It's not a burden. It's not a burden for the people of God to declare the praises of God, to exalt the name of God. No, it's a joy. Because when we realize the extent of God's love for us, That through Jesus we are invited to enjoy His incomparable presence and to enjoy His unconditional and unfailing love, then we naturally want to honor Him. We want to praise Him. We we want to, to see Him exalted. Do you want to see Him exalted? Friend, believer, brother, sister, do you have a desire to praise God? See, the saved, I think, desire to praise God. Saved by Jesus, we desire to praise God. Those of us who are saved, who are right with God, who've repented and turned to Jesus for salvation, we desire to praise God. Do you desire to praise God today? Do you have a longing to see His name exalted? Do you have a longing to see your Savior honored? You want to live a life and to speak truths that are glorifying to him i think this is what's meant here in verse 15 by the fruit of lips that openly profess his name whereas those who profess faith in christ naturally begin to want to praise them want to begin to use their words and their lips to honor the savior to offer to God sacrifices of praise time and time again. Do you want to praise Him? Do you long to, to glorify His name? For if not, perhaps your heart has never been captured by the gospel of grace. And if our hearts have never been captured by the gospel of grace, if we've never seen the depth of our sin and the glory of God's grace and turned to Jesus for salvation, then we remain dead in our sins, unforgiven and on the road to eternal judgment. See the mercy of God today on the altar of the cross. See the mercy of God that displayed through the sacrifice of Jesus and turn to Jesus, profess faith in Jesus for salvation. And I think the central truth that God's word speaks to us through Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15 is this that genuine profession produces passionate praise. Genuine profession, the kind of profession of faith that the Bible calls for. Genuine profession produces passionate praise. In other words, those that truly repent and profess faith in Jesus, those who recognize that He is the way and the truth and the life and, and believe in Him, claiming forgiveness of sins through Christ, those who recognize that truth and profess faith in Christ naturally begin to want to desire 
uh, naturally begin to want to honor Him. They desire to praise Him. Certainly, church, this doesn't mean that we always do so. Certainly doesn't mean that it's always easy to do so. It doesn't even mean that we always want to do so. But there is a desire in us as people who have been saved by God's grace to honor the God who saves us. Anybody remember uh, the fad a number of years ago, uh, perhaps still uh, in circles, I don't know, uh, with, with Oakley's, Oakley sunglasses? Uh, I remember as a teenager, uh, Oakley sunglasses being a big deal. It was a big deal to determine, you know, was, were these real uh, Oakleys or were these Folkleys? Were these fake uh, imitating uh, imitators? And you could find Folkleys uh, for much less than you could find Oakleys. Oakleys were uh, characterized by style uh, and, and the greatest in um, whatever, uh, substance, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but I remember on one particular occasion, I don't, I don't remember where I was, but I remember uh, buying a pair or two of these uh, Oakleys uh, from a street vendor and then later realizing, hey, these are not the real deal, uh, but nobody will know, right? All about the style, certainly at that age. But there's some genuine uh, marks or characteristics uh, of the real deal uh, that set it apart from uh, cheap imitators. That's true with everything in life. And the same thing is true when it comes to our faith in Christ. We genuinely have repented and trusted in Jesus for salvation. And, and only you and God know if you have done so. But if you have, then a natural characteristic, a genuine mark characteristic of, of, of those who profess faith in Christ is a passion to praise Him. You know, most of us are the beneficiaries of uh, living in uh, a time and a culture in which uh, it has been popular to be associated with church in the name of Jesus. Now, for decades, it's been a popular thing, by and large, to uh, claim the label Christian, even to claim the, the label born-again Christian. We know that that seems to no longer be the case. And we lament the turning of the majority of the populace away from identification with Jesus. But there's also some negative uh, consequences to such a cultural Christianity as well that we have experienced for a number of years. Perhaps there are many who outwardly identify with Jesus, but whose hearts have never been captured by the gospel of grace. Perhaps many who have a faith that is an inch deep and a mile wide, so to speak. A faith or a loose association with Jesus that uh, has only been cerebral. It's only been cranial and never captured the cardiological. You see, genuine faith in Christ, profession of faith in Christ, genuine faith, according to the Scriptures, the kind of faith that the Bible speaks of is a faith that, yes, affects the cranial, but also the cardiological. A faith that involves belief and knowledge, but also submission and trust. But the Lord captures our hearts. I think this is the reason that many have abandoned the faith who once associated with the truths of the gospel. Maybe Jesus never had their hearts. Jesus desires our hearts. Genuine profession produces passionate praise. Genuine profession Produces passionate praise. Heads that long to know and honor the Lord and hearts that are stirred to exalt His name. So, so what does it look like? What does it look like for us to 
to give a sacrifice of praise, to offer to God continuously a sacrifice of praise, to, to give him the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. I think it means a number of things. I want to share uh, a few with us this morning. Firstly, I think to begin with, it means that we're called to bow before him. So quickly, unbeliever, bow before Jesus. Bow before him, surrender to him, acknowledge his greatness and his might. The truth is that God is sovereign. He is sovereign over each of our lives, whether we recognize it or not. But when it comes to receiving salvation, we are called to invite him, to recognize his sovereignty and to invite him to be our Lord, to to be our master, to be our king, to recognize his, his might, his greatness, his knowledge, his power, his lordship and surrender to him. To recognize that we are subject to Him. So unbeliever, bow before Him quickly. For one day He will return. One day Jesus will return. The Scriptures speak to this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. Paul writes, Now brothers and sisters, about times and dates we do not need to write to you. For you know very well that the day of the Lord, that is the day of the Lord's returning, will come like a thief in the night. In other words, we know that the Lord is coming again. We know that Jesus will return for His people. And for those that know Him, for those who have professed faith in Him, this will be a glorious day. It will be a good day. And He could return at any time. So profess faith in Him. Quickly bow before Him. And then, friends, let's reverently speak with Him. How else can we offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess His name? Well, we can enter into conversation with Him ongoing. Reverently speak to Him. How incredible that the Almighty Maker of heaven and earth invites us to converse with Him. It invites us into the conversation, an open dialogue, an open conversation with Him. The same chapter of Scripture, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, speaks to that. Paul says, Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you. In Christ Jesus, conversation with God, speaking to God. We speak with the Lord ongoing in a reverent fashion because though He is merciful and gracious, though He is a Father to us who knows us and cares us and cares for us and welcomes us into His presence through Jesus, He is still God. So we don't talk to Him in the same way that we talk to our buddies. Yes, He is our friend, but our relationship and our conversation with Him should be characterized by reverence and submission and obedience. The author of this letter speaks to that. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28. Writing, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. Just let's reverently speak with Him. Let's offer God sacrifices of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess His name by quickly bowing before Him, by reverently speaking with Him, and also by joyfully singing to Him. Joyfully sing to Him. Joyfully sing to Him. It's not coincidence that when we gather as a church on Sunday morning that we lift our voices in song to God. 
This is not some practice that we have simply chosen to do because we're fortunate to have some gifted musicians that are part of our local congregation here. Praise God for that. But no, this is a command from the Lord to lift our voices in song to Him. For music is a gift from the Lord and an avenue of expression of our worship, of our praise for Him. The psalmist writes to this in Psalm 96, sing praise to the Lord. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Forgot it there for a minute. Now I can't find it. Sing to the Lord, all the earth. There we go. Sing to the Lord, all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Praise His name. Let's back up. Sing to the Lord a new song. Now you're awake. Sing to the Lord, all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Praise His name. Proclaim His salvation day after day. Declare His glory among the nations, His marvelous deeds among all peoples. In other words, people of faith, people of God, sing praises to Him. Sing a new song to Him. Sing to Him across the earth. Not only sing to him, but declare his praises, tell of his might, tell of his goodness. Proclaim who he is, for genuine profession produces passionate praise. So as people of faith who profess faith in Jesus, let's offer a sacrifice of praise to God by joyfully singing to him, by reverently speaking with him, by quickly bowing before him, and finally, by eagerly telling others about him. Church, let's eagerly tell of his grace. Let's eagerly tell of the grace of the God who saves because here's the truth. If I'm not telling others about him, I'm not dialoguing with others about the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, then my lips are not fully professing his name. If I'm not telling others about his goodness and his love and salvation through Christ, then I am not fully offering to God a sacrifice of praise. I am not fully using my words and my lips to worship Him. You know, one of my favorite verses of Scripture is spoken by Peter in Acts chapter 4 after Peter and John are arrested for uh, preaching the gospel, brought in by the rulers, they're threatened, told not to speak anymore about Jesus. It's too disruptive, it's a threat to their positions of authority. This is Peter's response, Acts chapter 4, verse. Uh, 20 says, as for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. He says, there's something we've seen, there's something we've heard, there's a message about a Savior, and we can't help it. We're going to talk about it. We're compelled. So church, may the gospel so penetrate our lives, may it so penetrate our, our minds and our hearts that we are compelled, that we are stirred to exalt the name of Jesus by eagerly telling others of his grace. May we follow the instructions that Paul gives in Ephesians chapter 5 to first century church in Ephesus. He says in verse 15, he says, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. So church, may we be a people who make the most of every single opportunity to offer to God a sacrifice of praise. May we do so as we surrender, as we bow. May we do so as we pray. May we do so through song. And may we do so through conversations with the lost about the gospel of grace. And may the name of our Savior be praised in and through us now and forevermore as we profess faith in Him. Father, may it be so. May it be so in our lives. As people who 
who trust you, who long to obey you, who long to serve you, people who've been transformed by the gospel of grace. Father, we thank you for forgiveness of sins through Jesus. Lord, may that message, may that gospel truth be on our minds. May it captivate our hearts. And may it move us to use our words to declare your greatness. Lord, may we be a people who long to worship you through a sacrifice of praise. Lord, as we respond to the truths of your word, now lead us to do so in a way that that glorifies you. Lord, that declares and reveals that we are your people and that we long to know you and to see you known. Lord, guide us now as we respond. Move us by your spirit. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.